When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Well, the regular season isn't quite over yet. I had a suspicion that we'd have to spill into today because both Colorado and Dallas won their games. So everything's set in the East. Six um, of the, uh, or at least I guess most of the matchups are set in the West. We still have two more we've got to finish up here. Um, and that, of course, is going to be Colorado and Dallas. Colorado wins tonight in Nashville. They win the Central Division, and that would wrap things up for them to take on the Seattle Kraken in the first round. If the Dallas Stars end up winning the division because Colorado loses tonight, well, then it'll be Dallas that takes on the Kraken, and Colorado will slide in to take on the Minnesota Wild. So that's the only thing that's up uh, for right now. Um, because of the fact that there was a water main break in Bridgestone Arena in Nashville earlier in the season. So that meant that they had to make up this game today. So really, when you look at it, though, we're pretty much locked into the postseason, which will begin on Monday and Tuesday. So by the time we get to Wednesday, all of the series will be underway, according to reports, and we're going to get all the schedules done, and we're going to have a big blow-up preview coming up Monday with EJ Raddick. But let's recap last night, and let's start with the Carolina Hurricanes. And, you know, the Devils win their game over Washington, come from behind victory, down 3 nothing, down 4-1, win the game in overtime. Luke Hughes gets the overtime goal, his first NHL goal, comes in overtime, assisted by his brother, who finishes with 99 points, the most ever in Devils history. And the Devils have their greatest regular season ever, which blows your mind because of all those years with Brodeur and Stevens and Niedemeyer and Eliash and... All the great teams that won three Stanley Cups never had a regular season like this. It's incredible. But they have to settle for second place in the Metro because Carolina wins over Florida. And you know the Panthers were engaged to win this game because they wanted to try to avoid Boston in the first round, although they did beat the Bruins last year, if you remember. This is a much different Bruin team. But Carolina gets off to a good start. Brett Burns gets a couple of goals. Florida comes on strong late. They're down 5-2. They scored two quick goals to make it 5-4. You know, I'm part of the Ranger Leaf broadcast last night, and you know Kenny's following it as he's signing off from the uh, Rangers 3-2 loss against the Leafs. Oh, looks like it's going to be New Jersey in the first round, but wait a minute, Florida's made it 5-3. Wait a minute, Florida's made it 5-4, but then the empty netter by Ajo puts it away and the Hurricanes uh, win the division and the Hurricanes are going to take on the Islanders in the first round, Devils and the Rangers. But the Hurricanes have really limped in to the postseason. Everybody around the Rangers, when I say around the Rangers, not within the Rangers organization, nobody's going to say who they want, but people that cover the team fans of the team all seem to watch Carolina and that makes sense considering the Hurricanes you know were very average down the stretch no Svechnikov the Rangers won three of the four meetings during the regular season although I'll caution that because Carolina won three of the four last year and the Rangers still beat them in seven but it's more of a compliment to New Jersey than I think it is a disrespect to Carolina because this Devils team has checked every box they really have 
And, you know, I was dubious about it about a month ago. And, I, and I'm still a little curious how this team is going to do in the playoffs where they really don't have any postseason experience. I guess Hala certainly has some. Palat's got some, obviously, uh, a cup experience. Um, Hamilton's got experience on the blue line. Um, they have um, some, but not a ton. You know, especially their great players like Heeshear. Jack Hughes, you, you look at the blue line, you know, Bratt's got no experience. Siegenthaler, I think, has some of the Washington Capitals. Maybe it's a bit overrated because, you know, Anthony just mentioned Pilat, who's won a cup, and, and, and Hala, who's been in the postseason. So it's not like they're completely bereft of any experience. Was but tartar sauce on those uh, Cronwall Red Wings? I don't think so. That's a good question. Uh, let me look at that because let me just look at Tatar. He might have been the tail end. Not the good, good Detroit. He was there from 2010 on. I'd have to take a look. So but maybe a little bit. Not was, not experienced to win the cup. He wasn't on that. No, he's wasn't got, on that 09 team. He's got 40, 40 playoff games of playoff experience. So there's some. So it's probably a bit overrated. I guess you look at the fact that they're high end players. That you know the players that are going to really drive the engine of this team don't have a ton. Uh, but still, they won three of the four meetings against the Rangers during the regular season. Um, it's going to be very interesting. We'll break it down on Monday. But I think a lot of Ranger fans were disappointed that it's the Devils and not the Hurricanes because this Devils team is going to be a beast. And also, you think long-term if you're a Ranger fan, right? I mean, you go to Game 6 of the Conference Final last year, so the anticipation when you get Tarasenko and Kane is we're going to make a run to the Cup. And the last thing any team that desires a championship wants is a beast of a first-round matchup. And you get in your spent, and then what do you have in the second round? What do you have in the third round and all that? Because you had to maybe go seven, a couple of overtimes, an emotional victory. Would the victor in this series be too spent to move on to the second round, especially if, let's say, Carolina makes short work uh, of the Islanders, say, um, and uh, you end up taking on a fresh team? Although I will tell you, and we'll give a, a more of an in-depth preview again on Monday, I'm liking this Islander team against Carolina because just off the top the Islanders are not going to have to score a ton of goals against Carolina and Sorokin is the great equalizer they've got the better goaltender and that's what I'll say about the Rangers too they're the underdog in this series Vegas has got the Devils and maybe that's just because of what happened in the regular season and the Devils having home ice well you know the Rangers are going to get a ton of fans in the building and I'm sorry no offense to to Vanacek and obviously he's going to be the starting goaltender I would think Blackwood went last night um the Rangers have the better goaltender. So when you have a better goaltender, you can't tell me you don't have a chance to win the series. Uh, that's the great equalizer to me. So um, we'll get in more in depth. But you know, right now, the way uh, Shesterkin is playing, uh, I'm going to give the edge to the Rangers in goal. And when you have the edge in goal, uh, you're, I think, in, in, in pretty good shape. So th- that was up for grabs there. Um, as we mentioned, the Avalanche and the Stars both win, so the Central has yet to be determined. Uh, Oilers had a shot to win the Pacific Division. They held up their end of the bargain with a 5-2 to two win over the Sharks. McDavid did have a point, continuing his streak, and he does finish with 152 points. But the Golden Knights beat the Kraken, so the Golden Knights are the one seed in the West. They will take on the Winnipeg Jets in the first round, 
Edmonton has to settle for second place. They're going to take on the Los Angeles Kings, a rematch from last year. Kings ended up beating the Ducks by the final score of 5-3. to three. And we should mention Dallas Eakins out as head coach of the Ducks, who finished with the worst record in the NHL. And listen, I don't think there were a lot of expectations around the Ducks, but they did go out and sign Vetrano. They did go out and sign Strom. And to finish as the worst team in the NHL, somebody certainly has to pay for that. And speaking of paying, uh, Pittsburgh misses the playoffs for the first time in 16 years. They go quietly, losing in Columbus in overtime by the final score of 3-2. to two. Johnny Gaudreau with the game winner, and they have cleaned house in Pittsburgh. Burke is gone. Hextall is gone. Mike Sullivan's going to stay, and apparently he's going to be a part of the management group. So it looks like Mike Sullivan's going to survive. And I think that's the right call because Mike Sullivan's a hell of a coach. He really is. And I know sometimes new general managers want to come in and change the coach, and we'll ultimately see whether Sullivan does survive, depending on who comes in. But considering he's going to have some of a say, my gut is that Sullivan's going to hang around. If you remember when the Rangers made their changes with Davidson and Gordon, uh, Quinn stayed. He was not a part of the initial firing. And then when Drury came in, he let Sull- he, he let. Uh, Um, Quinn go. We'll see what ends up happening with Sullivan. But this was the right call. It really was. Pittsburgh really messed things up. We've talked about it extensively here on the podcast where they could have reset. They bring back Latang. They bring back Malkin. They make the deal for Grantland. They make the deal for Benino down the stretch. And it just didn't happen. And it's not just about this year either. First round exit since they won the cup in 2017. It was time for a reset. They went for it. It failed. And a price has to be paid for that. So so they clean house in Pittsburgh, so you'll see a new management crew there next year, and we'll see, do they go full-blown rebuild, or do they try to make it work again with the contracts that they currently have? It's going to probably be difficult to blow it up and move some of these bodies. Sidney Crosby's obviously not going anywhere. So whoever comes in there is going to a lot of heavy lifting to do, because the Penguins have a lot of work to do in what is a tremendously competitive division in the Metro. Where are the Rangers going? Where are the Devils going? Capitals are certainly uh, going to be better. Carolina isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Um, eventually, Columbus can get their act together um, because they do have some talent on Columbus, and we'll see what um, uh, John Tortorella can do there in Philadelphia. So um, the uh, the Metropolitan Division is pretty stacked. So could be a long haul for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They had you know quite the run, you know going to the Stanley Cup Finals in 08, winning in 09, winning in 16, winning in 17, and much like the Chicago Blackhawks and the Detroit Red Wings, all that winning is going to come at a price somewhere down the road, especially in a cap sport. And that's what Pittsburgh uh, is experiencing here. So we'll see what ends up happening uh, down the road there. But the playoffs are going to be just a lot of fun. Carolina Islanders, again, my just first knee-jerk reaction is I like the Islanders matchup. I like this team maybe getting through the series. You've got the Devils and the Rangers rivalry. These teams have hooked up in 92, 94, 97, 06, 08. And then, of course, they hooked up back in 2012 in the conference final. Seven games in 92, their first meeting. Seven games in 94. Of course, everybody remembers Mateau, Mateau, Mateau. 97 went five games. Graves game winner in overtime in game five. The Devils got their revenge by sweeping them in 06. Rangers won in five in 08. And then the six-game win, the Henrique goal in overtime in game six. And the Devils went to the cup final in 2012. So, 
Always fun when these teams get together. I think this rivalry has surpassed the Islanders' rivalry. I know that's sacrilege for a lot of older Ranger Islander fans, but they've met way more in the playoffs. They've met more recently in the playoffs, so I think the rivalry renewed. It's still hard to believe it's been 11 years since they've gotten together. Um, So it's been a decade and, and that's going to be a fun series. That will begin Tuesday at The Rock. Um, You've got Boston and Florida. Now, Florida obviously met Boston last year, and they were able to win as the President's Trophy winners. Now the role is reversed. Boston's the the President's Trophy winner and an historic season. They came back and beat Montreal last night in a meaningless game. So they beat the win record by three. The record was 62. They finished with 65. The record for for points was 132 set by the 76-77 Canadians. They finished with 135, a plus 128 goal differential. Just sick. A sick season for Boston. Even when these games were meaningless, they won a ton of one-goal games, come from behind victories. They finished the year with an eight-game winning streak, winning nine of their last ten. That is going to be a lot of heavy lifting. I don't think Florida's got it. Uh, give Lions a lot of credit. He came in, saved their season, got them into the playoffs. But I know there's a jinx, the President's Trophy winner, yada, yada, yada. Uh, this is um, in, at least at first blush. And this might come back to haunt me. Maybe the least competitive series, certainly in the East. I I don't give um, Florida much of a chance there. And can you win in three? Yeah, can you win in three and just throw your uh, you know throw the white towel in for game four, save everybody the um, save everybody the embarrassment. Toronto and Tampa, uh, exceptionally interesting. Um, Tampa's not been great on the road this year, 18-22-1. These two teams hooked up last year. If you remember, Toronto blew a 3-2 lead, losing Game 7 at home. This is a different Tampa team, not as great defensively. They still have uh, Vasilevsky, so they're going to have a incredible edge in goal because we don't know right now what the situation is going to be with Murray or Gustafson. Both hurt. Wall might actually have to be the starting goaltender for Toronto. He's been good. But how much of an advantage is that going to be for Tampa early on in the series? Um, while we wait for the goaltending to get better, can Tampa steal it? Uh, before the injuries to the goaltenders, I love Toronto. I just think they're the better team. I think they're more explosive team. Uh, they finish with a four-game winning streak in meaningless games down the stretch. They've been locked into the two-seed for two weeks. Had a great come-from-behind victory against the Panthers. Well, not come from, yeah, they, they, they scored in overtime on a Tavares goal. He was like on a two-minute shift, scored in overtime to beat the Panthers. Uh, and then in a meaningless game last night against the Rangers, they ended up being the better team in the third period. So they've stayed engaged. I think that was by design because they can't afford to rest on their laurels. They haven't been out of the first round since 2004. So I I still like the Leafs in this series. I kind of just want to see how the goaltending is going to shake itself out here uh, in these playoff series. But that's what we're looking in the East. Um, We still don't know all the matchups again. We do know know that Vegas is going to be taking on Winnipeg. Winnipeg has had an okay season, not great. Shifley's had an amazing season for them. Hullabuck is a great goaltender. I think just Vegas is the best team. Give Vegas a ton of credit. They've played incredibly well down the stretch to hold off an Edmonton team that closed out the year on a nine-game winning streak. They went 6-1-3 and three down the stretch to hold on. So Vegas wins the one seed in the West, and they will take on Winnipeg. 
And then that means that Edmonton will take on the Los Angeles Kings. Kings very average, 5-5 five and five in their last 10, although they did win their last couple of games down the stretch. They've been very good at home. But Edmonton just looks like they're on a mission. 9-0-1 in their last 10. Nine straight wins to close out the season. Skinner has been good. Uh, We've talked about this team up and down. Uh, I love the Edmonton Oilers to make a run, so certainly I like them against the Kings. And we'll see whether it's going to be... the Dallas Stars versus the Kraken, Colorado versus the Kraken, Dallas, Minnesota, Colorado, Minnesota. All I'll say is this. I don't like Minnesota getting out of the first round. I don't. I mean, the way Colorado's played down the stretch, 8-1-1 in their last 10. Dallas finishes up the season on a six-game winning streak. Dallas very quietly is lurking. Much like Tampa in the East, they're lurking. This team recently went to a Stanley Cup final. All right, they've got tons of goal scorers on that team. Robinson's had a great year. Hintz has had a tremendous year. Pavelski has been good. Their goaltending has been incredible this year. They've been just as good as home as they were on the road. Plus 67 goal differential is the best in the West. And I believe it's the second best in the National Hockey League. And it is just edging out the Devils at a plus 65. So all the talk about Colorado. Colorado and Edmonton and Vegas, but Dallas is lurking there. Very, very dangerous team, and I don't want to have to play them at all in the first round. So I love them against Minnesota. I love them uh, against Seattle. I love Dallas to be able to get out of the first round. Probably more than any other team in the West, I like Dallas to be able to get out of the first round. Is Jason Robertson the most underrated star? Oh, without question. Because he doesn't get talked about at all, and he's unbelievable. He is a superstar that nobody, as you said, talks about on that team. And you know, give him credit. He has had he's got he has got a forty six goal season. Um, he's got you know fifty three assists, so he's finished with uh, with over a hundred points. He is he has had a tremendous tremendous season. You look at the point producers in the National Hockey League, and of course. McDavid finishes with 153, Drysaddle 128. Think about where the NHL now has come offensively. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 100 point scores. And Hughes and Marner finish with 99. So that's how close you had to having two more goals. I mean, there was a time. Not that long ago, where like 50 goals almost locked you in as the top goal scorer. We had two 60-goal scorers this year in McDavid and Pasternak, and you go five deep with 50-goal scores. McDavid with 64, Pasternak 61, Rantanen. How quiet was his 55-goal season? Dreisaitl 52, Point had two goals last night. He finishes with 51, and I guess there's a possibility if Thompson gets a hat trick tonight against Columbus, we can have six 50-goal scores. Robertson with 46. Hughes finishes with 43. The offense has just been incredible. Come from behind. Victories are way up this year in the National Hockey League. Boy, what a what a fun, fun regular season this was. And there'll be two more games tonight, and then we'll see what happens uh, in the postseason. Uh, but good call on um, what uh, what Robertson's been able to do. Jason's had just a phenomenal, phenomenal season. Just memo to the Dallas Stars. I love your organization. Get rid of the neon green jerseys, please. It's a, it's, it's an eyesore. All right, it's the final time, but let's do the top five of the week. Don McGregor's Friday Top Five. Yeah! 
number five. Well, we just talked about them. How about those Dallas Stars? They might win the Central Division. Six-game winning streak to close out the year, 8-2-0. and uh, Goaltending has been great. We just up and down talked to you about how good they are offensively. Not a bad defensive team either. Heskinen is one of the best uh, defensemen in the National Hockey League. I have Dallas sliding into the top five. Number four. Really impressed with what Toronto did this season. And again, meaningless games down the stretch. They even rested. Tavares didn't play last night. The game before against Florida, they played without Marner. They played without Matthews and still closed out the regular season, winning four straight games, 7-1-2 and two in their last 10. So give credit to the Leafs. I'm a little worried about their goaltending, but I think they closed out the season hard. I've got them at number four. Number three. We can't ignore what the New Jersey Devils have done this season. Seven and three to close out the season. They did what they could to try to win this division. Greatest regular season in franchise history in points and wins. Uh, They've done it with multiple goaltenders this year. But Hughes has had a terrific season, 99 points. Heeshear has been terrific. Mercer's had a great season. Bratz had a great season. They go out and they get Timo Meyer, make this team even stronger. Uh, the blue line, Graves has been terrific for them. Uh, Dougie Hamilton's got a chance. We'll get some votes for a Norris Trophy. But a great close to the season for them. I've got New Jersey at number three. Number two. Well, any other time, any other year, any other circumstances, the Edmonton Oilers would be number one. But they've got to settle for number two. But a nine-game winning streak to close out the season. Um, how many more superlatives can you throw out for Connor McDavid? 153 points, 64 goals. Just an incredible regular season. Dry saddle, 129 points. He finished with over 50 goals. When was the last time you could say two, uh, a team had two 50-goal scorers? But maybe the biggest story about the Edmonton Oilers has been the play of Skinner. He's going to get called votes for rookie of the year much better than smith last year much better than uh campbell who he took the job from the edmonton oilers are number two number one and anthony correct me if i'm wrong you know i gave it a couple of weeks before i started doing a top five because i wanted to see what was going to shake down in the regular season and i believe boston ran the table they were number one from the start and never looked back an historic regular season one of the, the the greatest regular season in the history of the nhl close it out with an eight game winning streak Pasternak, 61 goals uh up and down the the experience that they have marshan who they um that they brought back and of course bergeron looked like his career was over the goaltending has been stellar whether it's swayman Olmark is going to win the vesna trophy um i i, I believe uh, McAvoy is going to probably get some votes for a Norris Trophy. He's been terrific on that blue line. They've been able to stay healthy all year, exceptionally well coached. The Boston Bruins, without question, are the best team in the National Hockey League. They're the President's Trophy winner, and they went coast-to-coast in Don LaGreca's top five for the week as they again finish at number one, and it is exceptionally well Deserved. All right, let's hear from you for the final time here in the regular season at Don LaGreca. Hashtag game misconduct. And let's go to Sean. He says, rule change idea. You could add one player from the team you beat in the playoffs, and after the playoffs, they go back to their team. Would the NHLPA nix that or the teams? Well, the union's not going to. you got contracts, man. Sean, I love the fact that you're getting some brain power going there, but that it sounds fun in like a fantasy land, but uh, with contracts, there's no way the union would go for that. And No. That would not, not be, going in the binder. Not not going to go into the binder when we meet with Gary Bettman during the summer. Joseph says, hey, Don, I have odd pet peeve question. The Jets do a whiteout, which looks really cool, but I find it odd that the entire audience is wearing 
white while the Jets will be wearing their Navy jerseys. Don't you find that odd? Shouldn't they wear the white too? Well, it honors the tradition back when they were the original Winnipeg Jets at Winnipeg Arena way back before they ended up uh, moving to uh, Phoenix to become the Phoenix Coyotes at the time. They did a whiteout, and at that time, the home team wore white. So they're just honoring the tradition. The Coyotes actually picked it up, too. Not that anybody remembers 2012, the last time they were in the playoffs. But the Coyotes kept it going once they moved to Phoenix. So it's just a tradition. So I get that they're going to be wearing the blue, but I like they do a great job with it, too. Nobody's been able to do it. Everybody tries. They give T-shirts away. So a guy pays 300 bucks for an authentic jersey, and he's supposed to take it off and put the put the medium T-shirt that they drape over your seat to make to make the white out or the blue out or the red out or the purple out or whatever whatever team we're talking about and that's not going to happen but they do it in winnipeg and it's an honor and it's a really 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 cool thing scott says even with how strong the eastern conference is would anything less than an eastern conference or stanley cup final appearance be a failure for the rangers it's a great question sounds like it's something that we can throw out on the michael k show uh anthony a little bit later that's on that scott is a bright guy um, here's the thing. You say, well, how can you say it's a failure when the Devils are the favorite? The Devils have home ice advantage. The Devils were the better team in the regular season. The Devils beat the Rangers three of the four times during the regular year. So how can it be a failure if you lose to the team that's the favorite to beat you? Well, I, I, I could see that side of it. But how about the side of, did the Rangers go out and get Tarasenko and Kane, who are both free agents, at the end of the year? To just get knocked out in the first round? Did you want to follow up coming within two games of the Stanley Cup final last year only to go out in the first round? So I understand they're kind of up against it, but the moves that they made, come on, guys, it would look it would be a failure. I think there's no other way around it. It would be a failure. Now, remember, you know, the Devils beat the Rangers three times, and the Devils ended up with what, 111 points to the Rangers seven. Now, if the Devils had Timo Meyer all year, they might have finished higher. But I certainly think the Rangers would have finished higher had they had Tarasenko and Kane all year. And Tarasenko and Kane, I believe, and Anthony, correct me if I'm wrong, only faced the Devils once of the four meetings this year because the previous three meetings came before uh, the Tarasenko and the Kane deal. Certainly the Kane deal, the Tarasenko deal came down in the middle of February, and the last time the Rangers and Devils played before most recently was at the end of January. Yeah, that sounds right. So, so would all of that shook out had Kane and Tarasenko been on the Devils? Now, the Devil fan can counter and say, well, we got Timo Meyer at the deadline, and we only had him for one meeting. But still, it's two players to one. And I think things may have shook out differently had you had Meyer all year and the Rangers had Tarasenko and Kane all year. So they're going to go into the playoffs with as presently constituted. So I think it'd be a failure. Now, I work for MSG and call the games, so I'm giving you my kind of professional look at it. Anthony, you're a Ranger fan. You're probably a better person to ask. Would you look at the season as a failure if they lost to New Jersey? Uh, the answer is obviously what you said, Don, and the answer is yes. 
The problem is I'm really concerned with this first-round series, and I think there's a very good chance the Rangers could lose it. Um, you saw that they're underdogs, but they're not severe underdogs. They look like it's a 50-50 shot that they win the series. What are they, plus 1-108 or 1-11, something like yeah, that? so it's not. It's, so, it's, it's pretty affirming. But you're right, because I, I was having this conversation with Scott last night. What? Where do you go from here if you're the Rangers? You have to pay. You already paid Heedle, but you have to pay Lafreniere. You have to pay, to pay Kako. You have to pay Keandre Miller. You're not going to get Tarasenko and Kane on a discount that you have them at now with people eating money. I don't think you're bringing them back the same way you couldn't bring back Cop, the same way you couldn't bring back Vetrano. Do you think Othman and Cooley are going to be the people that fill those holes and the the kid line will eventually have to get broken up where Loff and Kako have to play on the second line to complement Zib and Kreider and Panarin? Yeah. I, after this season, what does this roster look like? It's not going to get torn down, but this might be the best forward group that you have yeah. until these kids get to the levels that you want them to get. So if you get bounced by the Devils, who are young, and they're not going anywhere, yeah. what's your future look like in the Metro? So that's my concern. Uh, no. It would be a failure based on the moves they made, it's but harsh. can you say that they're supposed to beat the Devils? Yeah, make no mistake. They didn't get Tarasenko and Kane to solidify a playoff spot. They got Tarasenko and Kane to make a run. So when you give up that kind of draft equity and make moves to get guys and you get bounced in the first round, I'm sorry, it sounds harsh and it sounds awful, but it's, just, it's the reality. Uh, it's, it's the reality that it would probably go down as a failure. Courtney says, hey, Don, it seems like the Rangers are going into the series against the Devils as the underdogs and even given the worst odds of all 16 teams to win the Cup this year. Why is the odds so bad against them? I would say this is a better team than last year. Sure, but take yourself back to last year. They were severe underdogs against Carolina, and they won that series. Um, But the path is a lot harder this year. Anthony just outlined how difficult it's going to be to get past the Devils. And if it ends up being Carolina, well, that's a division winner. And then you might have to go up against Boston in the conference final. That's why the odds are so slim. Odds are going to be different. If the Rangers were in the West, I think they'd be the favorite. You could make that case. But yeah. in the East, because of the path, because if they're dogs against the Devils, Anthony, you know, I think they might be the favorite against Carolina, just how the regular season went. See, um, I don't think so. But They're probably dogs there, too. They're, they're, so, so they would be dogs in all three of the matchups in the Eastern Conference. Now, maybe they get lucky and take on the Islanders. I say lucky, but look how the Islanders have played in recent years against the Rangers. And that's another one of those rivalries where it's going to take a lot of your heart and soul out to just get through the series. I mean, that's why the odds are so stiff is because the path is is just loaded with landmines. So I I have it, Don, and I know exactly what everybody was talking about. I saw it on Twitter this morning. Um, I think it's on moneypuck.com. They have percentage chances, and you kind of nailed it because Boston and Carolina have the third and fourth highest odds to win the Stanley Cup behind Colorado and Edmonton. Now, the reason that is, of course, is because it's much more likely Colorado and Edmonton make the Cup final, other than Boston, that is. But the path in the East is so hard. Look at the Islanders have a 2.2% chance. The Rangers have a 2.1% chance. The reason that they have that is because Boston and Carolina, who this website has an 11.7% chance and 10.4% chance to make the Cup, you most likely have to beat both of them in order to make it to the Cup. Yep. That's why your odds are so low. Yeah, and like I said, I don't know that the Rangers make it out of the first round against the Devils. 
So that's yes. Hey, listen. If that put it up on the billboard, uh, put it up on the on the whiteboard. If you're Gerard Gallant, and and make everybody think that you have yeah. no shot. Yeah, play that old card of nobody gave us a chance, and see if that can work out for you. Uh, we got to mention this, and I saved it for the Tommy P tweet. Uh, nice send off for Taves was so close on scoring in overtime. He was the reason I became a hockey fan and a Blackhawk fan. It was a tough season, but I am hopefully hopeful as we turn the page to a new era. Just got to cross my fingers and have some lottery luck. And, I, and listen, they ended the Pittsburgh Penguins season. They were engaged. Luke Richardson is a really good coach. But in case you missed it, Jonathan Taves not going to re-sign with the Blackhawks. The Blackhawks announced they are not going to re-sign him. So last night against the Philadelphia Flyers in the United Center, Jonathan Taves, one of the great captains since Mark Messier, let's be honest, three-time Stanley Cup champion, uh, is not going to play for the Blackhawks again. But he did score in his last Blackhawk game. And here's how it sounded on NBC Chicago. Athanasio redirected by Taves. Score for the captain. There you go. So a deflection right in front. How he scored a ton of goals in his NHL career. And hopefully he'll continue to play. Had a tough season this year. Had long COVID. Wasn't sure he was going to get a chance to play again this year. Did. And I thought the Blackhawks were classy to issue the statement and let the fans be able to say goodbye to one of the great captains in the history of that franchise and really in the history of the National Hockey League with his three cup championships. Uh, Nicholas says, now that the matchups are pretty much set aside from the results of this Colorado game tonight, who is a team in each conference that does not have home ice in round one that you think can make a run? Well, run strong. Uh, Again, I like the Islanders to beat Carolina, so would that be considered a run if they make it to the second round? So I do like... Uh, the Islanders with home ice disadvantage. I think you got to like Tampa with the goaltending situation against Toronto. They don't have home ice in the first round. Uh, in the in the West, um, I like Seattle. You do not. I don't like Seattle against Colorado or Dallas. I mean, I, I there's a part of me. I was going to bring this up, Anthony. There's a part of me because there's always some outlier upset like what Columbus did to Tampa a few years ago where like you're shaking your head like how the hell did that team get out of the first round so Seattle seems like that's the easy pick second season in franchise history shock the world I give them no chance against Dallas that's probably fair I give them some chance against Colorado we should mention the avalanche did announce that Landis will not be available for the postseason we should throw that out there um, just because of the fact that, you know, does Georgiev doesn't have any really experience in the postseason, and you know, Colorado did win the cup last year. But I, I, I'm not. Listen, I could throw it out there just as a flyer because there's always some upset that nobody expects. But why do you like Seattle so much? I, I like, I, I've liked the, I like their young guys. Um, I don't like their goaltending, and that's probably the biggest problem. And that's what we always run into which is why I always say I love Edmonton every year, and that always ends up being a problem. Now that I'm looking at it, the scary thing for me, Don, is that if the Kings beat Edmonton, same way that if the Lightning beat um, Toronto, Toronto, that would be your non-home team possibly making a run. Because then I could see Tampa winning. No, I can only see Tampa winning one one series with Boston. But Vegas, Los Angeles, that could be interesting. That would be fun. That'd be good for the league. Jonathan Quick Bowl. That would, that would be something. But uh, Anthony, I know we got a lot to do in the postseason. A great regular season. I appreciate all your help this year. Let's do it again sometime, Don. 
So Monday, we've already got the uh, invite out to EJ, and he has confirmed that he is going to join us on Monday to give you an extensive preview of these series. And we'll be locked down, and, and then later that day, we'll have some series that will get underway. The NHL hasn't announced anything officially yet. We have um, seen some preliminary stuff. I'm just looking at it now. Yes, the NHL has confirmed now, although we don't have times. Islanders at the Hurricanes, Oilers home for the Kings, Panthers at the Bruins on Monday. Devils, Rangers, Jets, Golden Knights, Lightning, Maple Leafs on Tuesday. So that's what we're looking at right now, and we're just kind of waiting to see where the other two series would end up being once they're confirmed tonight, depending on what Colorado does in Nashville against the Predators. So enjoy your weekend. Do all the homework. Listen on Monday. We'll give you a bit of a preview, and enjoy the playoffs. Should be a lot of fun. Let's do this again on Monday, Anthony. I'll be here. And if you want to get in touch with me during the course of the weekend, easy way to do that is at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. We'll talk to you again on Monday. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.